through history, there have been accounts of brave and courageous women, and the Yoruba culture has its fair share of powerful women, Morimi being one of them. Join me as we explore the accomplishments of the Great Queen. In the 12th century, the Yoruba Kingdom was plagued by invasions of people they referred to as the Ubo people, meaning the people of the forest. Contrary to popular beliefs, the Ubo people and the modern-day Igbo people have no relations. Aside from being fierce warriors, the Ugo people also preyed on the spirituality of the Yoruba people. Anytime they came to invade the kingdom, they covered themselves head to toe in dry elephant grass strung together with ropes. These outfits rendered the Yoruba warriors practically armless because they feared they might be fighting against spirits and not humans. Oromiyon, the heir to the throne of Ileife and the son of the founding father of the Yoruba culture, Odudua, saw the state of the kingdom and feared if nothing was done, the city of Ileife would fall and the Yoruba kingdom would perish. But he did not know what to do. He feared that fighting back against the so-called spirits may anger the gods. Oromiyo often lamented to his wife, Morimi. Morimi, being a kind-hearted woman, also saw the state of the kingdom and it filled her heart with great displeasure, more so than her husband's experience. But unlike her husband, Morimi decided to do something about it. Morimi consulted the spirit of the river Emisiri. She asked the spirit on how to counter the attacks of the Ubo people who have plagued her land for so long. Emisiri offered to help Morimi, but at a cost. Morimi took up the spirits on its offer. Emisiri told Morimi about the location of the enemy tribe and how she would gain their trust. After listening to Emisiri, Morimi wasted no time. She informed her husband Oromeo about what she had planned to do. Feeling concerned about her safety, the prince pleaded with his wife not to embark on such a dangerous task, but Morimi's mind was made up. She convinced the prince to let her go and also warned him not to make any attacks against the enemy, for this may put her plans in jeopardy. The prince agreed and Morimi embarked on her journey. Morimi walked for three days and three nights before reaching the enemy tribe location. Upon arriving, she was stopped by the tribe guard. They asked her who she was and where did she come from. Morimi told the guards that she was a traveler from a distant village, seeking asylum. The guards, feeling suspicious, brought her to their king and upon setting his eyes upon her, the king was old. He had not seen such a beauty in all the lands and wondered if the gods had given all the beauty in the world to one woman. He told the guards to leave her and go back to their position at the village border. The king then asked Morimi about who she was and where she came from. Morimi repeated the same story she told the guards. The king then told her that there was no asylum here for her and if she truly seeked safety, that the only place she would be safe 
would be by his side as his bride. Morimi pretended to be shocked by the statement the king had uttered, but she inevitably agreed. The king was filled with so much joy that he held the wedding ceremony on that very day. Every night, Morimi would visit the king's quarters, seducing him more and more and try to drain him of information. But the king was tight-lipped and rarely ever spoke of anything credible to her. This continued for many months. Morimi waited patiently for the day the king would slip and give her the information she needed. Thankfully, she didn't have to wait long. The Ugo people were preparing another invasion against the Yoruba kingdom, the likes of which they had not done before. They fully intended on taking down Ileife and the Yoruba kingdom as a whole. Weeks before the planned invasion, the king held a feast to honor his warriors and celebrate his victory to come. During this feast, Morimi saw an opportunity to finally get the information she needs. She seduced the king even more and continually fed him alcohol. She gave him so much alcohol to the point where the king was barely able to stand, but just enough that he had some level of consciousness. Morimi then led the king to his quarters and laid beside him, stroking his chest while whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Morimi then proceeded to ask him about the invasion. The king told Morimi about the plans for the invasion, their routes, their weapons, and every single thing they had prepared, and most importantly, he told her about the warrior's outfit. He told her how it was their greatest weapon against the Yorubas, but how it can also be their downfall, because the outfit was highly flammable, and if the enemy knew about this, they could easily ward off their warriors and take them down. As the king spoke in details about the invasion, Morimi's eyes lit up with excitement. Her patience has finally paid off. She laid with the king and put him to sleep, and in the middle of the night, Morimi snuck off and escaped the enemy village. She had to act fast because the invasion was drawing near, and time wasted could spell doom for her and our people. Morimi arrived at Ileife two days to the invasion. She ran to meet her husband Oromeo and she informed him about all she had learned. She then told him to prepare the warriors, for the enemy may have caught a wind of her treachery and decide to move the attack up. She told the warriors to use stick wrapped in clothes covered in oil and light it on fire. She also told the archers to do the same with their arrows. Her husband prepared the kingdom for an attack, and just like Morimi predicted, the enemies attacked earlier than they expected. But the kingdom was ready. The warriors attacked the Ugo people with their blade in one hand and their torch in another. They cut them down while setting them on fire. The Ugo people suffered such a defeat that it crippled their village. The Yoruba kingdom was finally free from the terrors of the Ugo people, all thanks to Morimi. Her husband, Oromeo, has finally ascended the throne, making Morimi a queen. 
and as per our deal with the spirit emissary, the queen had to sacrifice our first son to the spirit. Morimi's brave act solidified her as an important figure in Yoruba history and her tale is still being told till this day. Hope the story of the brave queen has taught you something. If it has taught me anything, is that information is powerful. This has been the Oracle. Thanks for listening.